Well, it's hard to believe that Christmas has already come and gone, but we're still in our Christmas series, Christmas Playlist. I think most of us, if not all of us, uh, experience a, a letdown after Christmas. In fact, I don't know if, it, if it's Christmas Day that excites me the most or everything leading up to it. I enjoy the Christmas music. Uh, I really enjoy all the lights, the Christmas services, our Christmas series. I especially enjoy our Christmas Eve services. They're always special to me every year. Uh, I look forward to the anticipation uh, of people opening up their presents and seeing their faces and, and the Christmas meal together. But, but I, I, I think each and every one of us understands that this season really does often inspire within us these feelings of warmth and, and joy and belonging. But for some, this time of year can really evoke some feelings of loneliness and, and stress and, and anxiety. And I think all of us understand sort of the, the letdown that comes after Christmas. Add the unusual stresses of 2020, and I believe all of us can understand to some degree or another uh, the Christmas blues. And if you're an individual that deals with the blues throughout the year, then oftentimes Christmas can, can amplify those blues. And I want to just acknowledge that, that that's a real part for every one of us. But for some of you, you're acutely aware of how, how deep those blues can really go. In Matthew West's song, The Day After Christmas, listen to what he writes. He says, here comes the letdown, Christmas is over. Here comes the meltdown. There goes the cheer. But before we have a breakdown, let us remember, the light of the world is still here. I think about that just for a minute. The light of the world is still here. It's easy to allow the letdown of Christmas, you know, the, the letdown that comes after Christmas Day, uh, to lead us into believing that this, this celebration of Christ, all the joy, all the excitement of the season, that we have to wait an entire year to get that back. However, the real reason for the season, Jesus Christ, came with a purpose that is further reaching than any particular day and certainly any season. And for us to really understand this, well, we need to go to the very heart of the gospel. We understand that God created each and every one of us to be in relationship with him. To not just be in relationship with him, but to be able to put his, his glory on display. In other words, that that the very presence and essence of God would, would, would be a part of our life to overflowing, that others would be able to see who he is to us. We've been created to know him in that way, and we've been created to make him known. Now, the problem is that we've all sinned. We've all sinned and fall short of his glory. And the scripture tells us that the wage of sin, what we've earned because of our sin, is death. And so God, due to his extravagant love, sent his son Jesus Christ to, to come to us, to, to offer us eternal life. Think about that for a minute. God knew our predicament. He knew that there was nothing we could do to reach him, and so what did he do? He came down. I like how, how one translation of John chapter 1 words it. He said, God came into our neighborhood. He moved right in. Jesus came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christ, the coming of our Lord and the offering of eternal life through him. This real life, this, this eternal life, the hope and joy that he offers us is a true gift. And it's a gift offered to each and every one of us who trusts Jesus Christ as our, as our Savior and Lord. Think about it. Jesus didn't just come to, to give us a holiday. 
He came to really make us his children. In his gospel, John writes that the true light of the world has come, right? And he's come with his eternal purpose of, uh, of impacting the lives of those who receive Christ as Savior and Lord today. Look at John 1, 12 through 13. Listen to it. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This, this reference to this new birth is the first time it's mentioned in the book of John. And John writes of those who receive Christ. And it's this image of receiving that's the first that John uses in his gospel to really define believe. That, that, that John says, if you want to understand what it means to believe in Christ, then understand this image of receiving Christ. Those who receive Christ, who believe, are given this spectacular gift. We're offered this, this gift in Christ. Now, if you don't see a gift, or even if you see a gift, and, and you don't believe it's real or really for you, you'll never stretch out your hand and grab a hold of it. You just won't do that. Believing in Jesus involves two things. It involves seeing him and, and understanding that, that what he's presenting to us, his son, it is real that Jesus is the Son of God. He did come out of love for us. He did die on the cross for our sins, was resurrected for our salvation. And when we believe these things, when we believe that that gift is really for us, then we simply reach out our hand and receive it. You then become what you were not, a child of God. Think about it, a child of God. John emphasizes spiritual rebirth. Uh, through receiving the gift of new birth, one becomes a child of God. Now, the birth of a child of God is, is, is not something natural. It's not a natural birth. It, it's supernatural. It's a sur- supernatural work of God in what we call regeneration. A, a person welcomes Jesus and responds in faith and obedience to him. But the mysterious work of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, is the cause of this regeneration. Now, what exactly is regeneration? Well, regeneration is this mighty work of God by which unbelievers are given a new nature. That's why, we, that's why John uses this image of being born again. We're given a new nature. Regeneration is both the removal of one's old sinful nature and the imparting of a new nature that's responsive to God. And what the scriptures tell us is that anyone who has received Jesus as Savior and Lord it is a child of God. Now, many people believe that they're just sort of naturally a child of God. They would say, well, isn't everyone a child of God? Since we're all part of God's creation, we're made in the image of God. Aren't we all his children? And the simple answer is no. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, catch this. Every person, every single person is God's creation. Every single one of us. And every single person it is loved by God. In fact, not only are we all loved by God, we're all loved by God infinitely. Like, like he loves us all exactly the same. But we only become children of God when he adopts us. Paul writes to the Corinthian believers about what happens when we're born again into the family of God through receiving Christ by faith in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Listen to what he writes. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. The old has passed away. 
Behold, the new has come. What is John writing about in his gospel, and what is Paul affirming in this letter to the church, to the Christians in Corinth and the Corinthian believers? Well, first of all, he's saying being a child of God means our sins are paid for, and our fellowship with God has been restored. Remember the problem we started out with at the heart of the gospel: we were created to live in fellowship with God, but because of our sin, we weren't able to do so. But when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, when we become children of God, we're, we're ushered into that relationship once again. We're restored into that relationship. But being a child of God also means that we can approach the throne of grace. We can do so through prayer at any time and receive mercy and grace. We have this written to us in, in Hebrews 4.16. In, in Hebrews 4.16, it talks about being able to confidently approach the throne of grace in our time of need to receive mercy and grace. And in that particular passage, it's referring to times where we're dealing with temptation or times where we're struggling with sin. And yet that verse applies to any difficulty we ever face, any time of life we find ourselves in. When we're in a time of need, we can confidently, not arrogantly, but confidently come to God and receive mercy and grace. Each and every one of us has been created to live as children of God And as we enter into a saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the broken relationship due to sin is restored due to to Jesus' work, our Savior's work on the cross. He died in our stead. Jesus Christ died for our sins and was resurrected for our salvation. And this marvelous truth, this this amazing truth, allows us to understand that the child of God is made right with the Lord and given access to him, but not just access to him, but his abundant provisions. That the, that the resources of heaven are actually at our disposal. Think about that. These provisions are not just merely to be thought of as material, but also emotional and spiritual. When we're talking about being in a time of need, uh, that time of need isn't just uh, maybe I need a few more dollars here, or I need a new car. Uh, many times it's much deeper than that. It's I'm at an emotional crisis. Or I'm going through a time where, where spiritually I'm just being attacked. And here's the good news. Christ is present in our heartache. Like we're not alone. Jesus promised to never leave us or turn his back on us. He's present in our heartache. His love and true power are available to his children. In fact, the scripture tells us we're joint heirs with Jesus. Heirs to what? To the kingdom of God. And, and And the kingdom of God isn't just something that we're waiting for. It's something that has already come and will come in its fullness when Jesus returns. So Christ came because we need him. We need him. We need Christ for salvation. But we also need Christ every day and moment by moment in order to really obtain that abundant, joy-filled life that Jesus said he came to give us. I I want you to just... Listen to what I'm about to say. Take a moment. Allow this to sort of marinate in your spirit. Christ did not come to save those who walk in perfect faithfulness, who are strong and always stable. I'm going to read that again because I really really want you to to be able to take in these words and and let, let the Spirit of God just sort of affirm them in your spirit. Christ did not come to save those who walk in perfect faithfulness, who are strong, and always stable. 
I, I don't think anyone, by the way, is perfectly faithful. I don't think someone is ever always strong. And I don't think there's really a person out there who's always stable. I don't. But, it, but, but it's, it allows us to sort of exhale a bit. When we realize that Christ didn't come for the perfect, perfectly faithful and the strong and, and, and those who are always stable, Christ came to give the unfaithful, the weak, and the unstable hope. That's why Jesus came. He came for people like you and me who need a Savior, and that's all of us. I, I like how Matthew West ends his song, Day After Christmas. This is what he, what he wrote. Happy day after Christmas, and merry rest of the year. Even when Christmas is over, the light of the world is still here. The light of the world is still here. Wherever you find yourself today, wherever you find yourself, know that the light of the world is still here. We're called to receive him. And if you've yet to receive Christ as, as Lord and Savior, then I, I just want to encourage you. The gift is offered to you. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that in him you could have life. And, and right now you can receive him as Lord and Savior. Simply say to him, Lord, forgive me for my sin. Thank you for paying the price of my sin on the cross. I, I want to receive you as, as Savior and Lord of my life. I want to be in right relationship with God. I want to be his child. Those who receive him as children of God, they're indwelt by the Holy Spirit and they're offered the provisions of heaven for our well-being. And if you've received Christ, won't you just take a moment and meditate on what it means that you're a child of God? Think about it. You're a child of God, the one who spoke the world into existence. It's remarkable. Now, being a child of God does not make us immune to the hurts and habits and hang-ups of life. Some, some have falsely taught that. But nowhere in Scripture is that promised. Uh, on this side of paradise, this today where we live before Christ's second coming, before we go to be with him for eternity, we live in a fallen world where the world, the flesh, and the devil are at war against us. Now, what does that mean, the world? I'm talking about the culture. Often the culture is against us and, and, and trying to lead us to places that aren't going to bring life, that aren't going to bring joy, that aren't going to bring peace. Our own weakness of our flesh sometimes tends to want to lean away from God instead of toward him. And, of course, the enemy is always wanting to see us fail. And so we hurt people. People hurt us. There, there are habits that we pray that God would, would help us break, and there, there are hang-ups that we need God to help us be delivered from. See, yeah, being a child of God doesn't make us immune to the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups of life. It, it doesn't mean that we don't deal with letdowns and meltdowns. And I know many a Christian who have felt so guilty because they thought, now that I'm a believer, now that I'm walking with Christ, I'll never, have, I'll never be let down in life. I'll, I'll never have a meltdown. And, and that's just not realistic. That as we grow in Christ, I believe we're able to handle the letdowns better. We're able to have less and less meltdowns as we learn that, uh, in, as we lean into God's faithfulness and grow in his grace. But on this side of heaven, all those things are still in play. So what does it mean that we're children of God? Be a child of God means that, that God is present and offering to walk with us in all the highs and lows of life. Again, we're never alone. He promised to never leave us or turn his back on us. And that if we follow the leading of his spirit, if we keep our eyes on Jesus and follow the leading of his spirit, then he'll take us to a place where we can walk in freedom, where he is granted to us, this, this peace and joy that can only come from him. 
And so I want to encourage us, you know, this, this time after Christmas to not forget Christ, but to embrace Christ. And, and as a child of God, be encouraged that the light of the world is still here. Don't judge Christ by your circumstances. Judge your circumstances by Christ. Allow yourself to, to be reminded today that the light of the world is still here, and no matter what you're going through, no matter where you find yourself, that he has promised that those who are his are his children. He won't leave us. He won't turn his back on us. He is here. He is here. And he is willing to fill us as we, as we walk with him, with his grace and his mercy, and yes, his peace and his power. You know, in a moment, I'm, I've invited a couple of friends of mine here on staff to come up who, who have, um, have a, a particular, what I believe, expertise in this area of dealing with sort of not just the holiday blues, but the hurts, habits, and hang-ups of life. But before they join me, I just want to spend a moment and just pray for us, pray for the conversation I'm going to have with them, and pray maybe where you find yourself right now at home. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the promise that the light of the world is still here. Although Christmas has come and gone, that we don't have to wait another year to experience the joy of the season because our Savior is with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never turn your back on us. And no matter what we're going through, may we be reminded that you didn't come uh, to simply reach out to the perfect. By the way, there are none of those. But you came to reach out to those of us who find ourselves at times weak, at times unstable, at times faithless. And you came to give those who are faithless, weak, and yes, unstable hope, hope in you, a sure hope in the work that you have begun in our life and that you'll bring to completion. I pray if there's anyone who's yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, that even now in the quietness of their heart, that they'll reach out to you and, and receive you as, as the Lord and Savior of their life, that they would be able to have that, that confidence that they're, they're in that right relationship with, with you, God, that relationship that you've created them for. Thank you, thank you for loving us so extravagantly that you sent your son Jesus Christ, uh, and that's why we celebrate Christmas. But thank you that you sent him to die on the cross in our stead. That's why we remember him on Good Friday. And thank you that we worship a risen Savior while we celebrate Easter. And Lord, we don't have to wait for those seasonal days in order to celebrate those things because they are alive and well in each of us who believe in you. And so God, be with us as we enter into this conversation time with with Betty, and as we talk with Karen, and Lord, I pray that some of the things that we discuss, that others will be able to glean some, some powerful insight that would help them in this journey uh, of dealing with, this, with the blues of life and, and walking in the truth that the light of the world is still here. And we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm so excited to have two friends and colleagues here at Crosswinds with me, uh, Pastor Karen and Pastor Betty. They have a lot of experience with Celebrate Recovery with both adults and teenagers, um, helping people uh, work through uh, their hurts, their habits, and their hang-ups, uh, find healing and freedom. And so as we're looking at this topic of sort of holiday letdowns, meltdowns, uh, just dealing with our emotions in general, I thought they would be two uh, great individuals uh, to have uh, come and share with us just some insights uh, to help us during this time of year. And so, Betty, I'm just going to start with you. Um, and it's a personal question, so we'll start right off the bat. Sure. How do you personally relate to sort of the, the Christmas letdown or meltdown that comes with this season? 
Yeah, I think, of course, I think that's a great question to start with because we look at things and, and we think of perfection, mm. right? So I look at somebody else and I think, well, they've got the perfect tree or they've got the, they figured out the perfect gift or the perfect table or the perfect relational aspect to their family and their, and others around them. And um, I feel like that can lead us to an expectation that's just not real. Yeah. You know, we just, we can't meet those expectations. So I think it's important that we look at what is true. What is real about this and what is true? And look at some of the things that um, are good. You know, everything in life has a balance. And we teach that at Celebrate Recovery when we look back at our life. Our life can have some struggles in it, but there's some good. And so when we can look at both sides of it, it helps us not to um, go down the, the negative path completely. Do you know? Yeah. 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 Karen, what would you add to that from your own personal experience? You know, I think um, I agree with Betty, but one of the other things that um, I have found is that there's so much anticipation of all the preparation that you have to do and the chaos that surrounds the holiday in terms of finding just the right gift or um, making sure you're here and there with different family members or whatever. And that, you know, that itself creates a lot of inner chaos, I think, for people. Um, so that when it's all over, it's, there is that kind of, either it's a letdown or a relief. You know, it's hard to say um, for any individual, but I feel like for me, it's always that it's such a chaotic season and then it's over. And um, just making sure that I go back to what was the point of this and that this chaos isn't the point yes. of, of Christmas. That's good. So, yeah. You know, we talk about Christmas blues, you mm -hmm. know, and, and certainly a lot of people deal with that. And it, I think it's sometimes it is just a Christmas blue, uh, but sometimes it's something much deeper. Uh, mm -hmm. It can be depression, and, and those we know that deal with depression throughout the year, um, the holidays can amplify that. And depression can be a very lonely uh, thing to go through. You feel like you're the only one. You're the only one dealing with the stress and the anxiety and those things. So what would you say, Karen, for instance, to, to those people? What would you say to those who are dealing with Christmas blues or just out-and-out out depression? Yeah. And they're feeling alone uh, and, you know, wondering where the hope is on that. I think it's so important that if you know that you're a person who struggles with depression in, in, to begin with, that you are aware of those things that trigger you. And so you prepare yourself and set yourself up so that you aren't in that place of Christmas blues, you know, so that you let other people in um, that place with you before you're too far gone and too deep into that depression, so to speak. Um, to rally, have the people who love you and care about you rally around you and support you. That's um, great advice. You're saying, you know, as he if I'm hearing you right, you're saying you're not alone. Yes. You know, everyone has hopefully someone around them. And by the way, I think you both would say if you don't, Celebrate Recovery mm -hmm. would be a great Absolutely. place to have a lot yeah. of people Absolutely. around you. Yeah. Um, here at the church, we have a great ministry where people would love to come around them um, and, and to allow uh, for that to happen. Um you know, I, I just, I, I guess I would ask, what a, that step can be huge mm -hmm. to actually trust. Mm -hmm. yep. So, Betty, what would you say as far as being able to actually take that step and, and really trust others to enter into what you know is sort of a dark place for yourself? Yeah, I think change is hard. And so when you decide, do I want to stay where I am, how I am, or do I want to make a difference, mm -hmm. um, that is can help people to say, I'm going to take the step and I'm going to take the chance. And knowing that it is a chance, but also knowing that there is a truth. I think sometimes we depend on our feelings sure. and our feelings can, are, can be wrong or they can lie to us. And I, 
I don't mean to say that we don't sometimes lean into those because we have to acknowledge them. But I think we can find um, a better space when we allow ourselves to take a chance. Mm. You know, take a chance in a truth that we know is real. And that would be where I would lean on Jesus and on, you know, his word and scripture. Um, In Jeremiah, one of the things we talk about a lot at Celebrate Recovery is we say you can't you can't deny a wound by just saying it's not there. And that's in Jeremiah wow. chapter six. Yeah. And so we look at that and we say, we're not denying it. We got to lean into it, but not because we want to live there, but because we want to address it and be able to work through it. Um, and not on our own, but with the help of What do you Jesus. mean by not living there? So I think sometimes we're afraid if we lean into that hurt, we're not going to be able to get out. Oh, sure. You know, but that's not true. That's one of those things that, um, that's the lie that the enemy can mm-hmm. tell us. What we can do is walk into that a little bit, not alone, with others around us and with Jesus. And once we do that, we will be able to see the light on the other side. That's good. That's good. You know, yeah. You know, I know you both, again, have worked with Celebrate Recovery with students and adults for, for years now. And um, certainly, you know, not only is it a personal experience of, of letdowns and meltdowns, we all have them, mm-hmm. uh, but you, you've seen them yourselves. And as, as I was thinking through that, I was reminded uh, one of the songs that we're sort of playing off of for this week's message was uh, Matthew West's Day After Christmas. And he just reminds us, in the midst of all the letdowns mm-hmm. and meltdowns, the light of the world is still here. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, you know, um, maybe uh, I'll go to you first, Karen. When you think of, like, the light of the world still here and, and the message of Celebrate Recovery and, and just for those who are maybe um, – watching this and perhaps don't even know anything about celebrate recovery how did it all tie together in this ministry of 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 healing and freedom over hurts habits and hang-ups yeah i mean that's a that's a big question but i feel like um the message that i get from from listening to that matthew west song is that um you know and it's found in scripture too like jesus is the the same today tomorrow Mm -hmm. and forever and so we can celebrate jesus today um, as we, you know, prepare for Christmas or as you um, celebrate Christmas, you're, you're celebrating Jesus, but you can continue to celebrate Jesus every day um, and what he has done for us every day, whether it's Christmas or not. And um, I think one of the great things about Celebrate Recovery is it helps you kind of find that light. It helps you um, to really bring light into your dark places so that you can find that freedom from your hurts, habits, and hangups. And, um, when you start to shine that light on um, those things, um, you know, it's amazing the miracles that can happen. Betty, one of the things that um, we, we look at in the message this week is, is being children of God. Mm. And just when we become a child of God, that not only is Christ's presence with us in a unique way, you know, I mean, obviously Christ wants to be a part of everyone's life. But when we enter into that relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you know, that promise that he'll never leave us or really turn his back on us is there but also the resources of heaven, mm-hmm. you know, on our, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have hurts, habits, and hangups. I mean, mm-hmm. on this side of paradise, they're going to happen to all of us. Mm-hmm. And that's not to minimize them. It's not to say that some people may have worse situations than others. I, I don't mean that at all. But, but what I want to have you t- speak into for a minute is what a difference being a child of God makes in that process. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of methods out there. Can I just say that methods yeah. of how mm-hmm. to cope? Mm-hmm. And Celebrate Recovery offers some of that, but it's so much more than a coping uh, mechanism or, or, or methodology. It's about a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so talk to us a little bit. Uh, Karen spoke of it a bit, but yeah. talk to us a little more about what that relationship with Christ, being a child of God, really means 
for somebody who's going through difficult times. You know, his word promises transformation. Hmm. And so I think when we can begin to lean into transformation, we begin to see the changes a little bit at a time and it grows our trust. And so you walk into the doors of Celebrate Recovery and it's not Celebrate Recovery that changes you, it's Jesus. You know, once you walk in and you begin to accept him and the changes that he wants to make in your life, and then you see other people around you who have experienced such amazing change and who celebrate it, you know, and desire to talk about it. And that's a big deal because sometimes we prefer to sit in our fear and our shame and our guilt. But when you can come to a place that is dependent on Christ, there doesn't have to be the shame and the guilt that leads to the fear um, and some of those things that will keep us stuck. So we have the ability to begin to lift these things off of our heart. You know, it says to um, confess to one another so that you may be healed. And I love that verse because to keep it hidden is just to let it fester and grow and hurt. But when you come to a place um, that uh, allows you the freedom to share in a way that we know we can't fix. So I can't fix anyone, but I know that God can. And we trust in that. And the people around you there trust in that as well. And it is a process, you know, and um, it's not an easy um, process, but it's much easier than the alternative. Wow. You know, you know, I think the the biggest step any of us can take is number one, to to admit we're all messed up. (laughs) Maybe maybe not the same, whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. we all have different stories, but we all messed up and we all need a savior. Mm-hmm. And that's common ground for all of us. Now, our stories are different. Maybe the process is different. Obviously, the journey is. But the, those two things are constant. Mm-hmm. And I know you believe in that so much that, you know, Celebrate Recovery met on Christmas Day. Yeah. They're going to meet on New Year's Day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, speak about that a little bit. You know, just the, the power of community in that healing process. You've talked about it a little bit, but, but I, you know, to say Christmas Day, we're meeting. Mm-hmm. New Year's Day coming up, right? We're meeting. It is is a, a powerful, to me, a powerful example of just the love and the interest of that community to care for one another in Christ. So speak to that for just a, a minute. I'm so grateful for um, the people who are participating in Celebrate Recovery in leadership roles because it was their goal to be there on Christmas because the hurting doesn't stop because of a holiday. And uh, it also provides an opportunity for them and, you know, everyone who's there, for myself, to grow even more. Um, When you can participate together with other people and watch God work, it brings you um, hope. You know, it reminds you, I I remember uh, a class I took many years ago that said, the professor said, stay in the midst of the people. Because when you're in the midst of the people, you see the miracles at Mm. work. You know, and so at Celebrate Recovery on Christmas, we get to see the midst, uh, we get to see the miracles in the midst of the people and um, how amazing that is to walk alongside others. It's so uplifting to us as well. I don't know if that answers your question, but but that's what was important. Karen, just in closing, Mm -hmm. what what would you say as far as community and we've spoken much about it. Um, but what would you what would you say as far as maybe how it's personally helped you or, or an encouragement to someone sitting out there who says, I just don't know if I can take that step? Yeah, you know, I am very much an introvert. And when I first entered Celebrate Recovery, I was very much, you know, unsure of that ministry. 
and um, can speak volumes for the power that that accountability in the community, um, what that did for my life. And I just um, would share that, you know, when you take that step and you choose to be vulnerable with a person or a group of people that God will give you all that you need to get through that step and um, will bless you for it. And community is a powerful, powerful thing. And, um, you know, Jesus is in the midst of it. And there's no darkness when you're in the middle of Christian community. Um, it's, oh, that's great. it's really good. That's powerful. I, I guess I would just say in closing that if you're uh, listening to this, obviously you are, and you would feel the need just to grow in your journey with God and, and whether it's to to deal with the hurts, habits, and hang-ups, or, or just to learn more about Jesus. Um, there's a few things I would encourage you to do. Uh, get in a one-on-one discipleship relationship. Uh, you can do that uh, just by uh, contacting us at crosswinds.church. Of course, we got small groups going. Uh, but Celebrate Recovery meets every single week. And I am a huge fan of Celebrate Recovery and the people who are a part of that ministry. They encourage me every single week um, by what God is doing in their life. And if you want more information on that, you can go to crosswinds.church. You can even go onto the website and contact Betty, mm -hmm. uh, and she would love to talk to you more about that great ministry that really is all about the fact that the light of the world, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, isn't just something that we, isn't just a person we celebrate mm -hmm. once a year, um, but every single day wants to be a part of our life.